Hey everybody, this is AJ slash Alan here. Just wanted to touch base about a couple programming notes. First, we're going to be moving the podcast to Fridays. That's why you receive this podcast on a Friday night, and you'll continue to receive them on Fridays moving forward. Just works out a little bit better with our schedule, and we want to make sure that we give you guys the most consistent show possible. Next, I also want to touch base that at the end of this episode, we're actually going to talk about Pearl for about four or five minutes. It's just me going solo, so keep that in mind. I've already seen it. I like it. But if you want to hear more thoughts, listen to the end of the episode. Thank you guys so much, and keep it spooky. AJ, what is this? Must be one goddamn fucked up horror picture. This is X. Farmer's daughter, take one. I need to be famous, Wayne. All the best people are. There ain't nobody else out there like you. You know why? Why? Because you got that X factor. Our days of struggling may soon be over. Hollywood, here we go. So this is it. Our own studio backlog. Back to you. I'm looking for a place to stay. Oh, yes, sir. That's one ugly son of a bitch. And my wife, Pearl, is next door. So I would appreciate a little discretion. I just want He don't know what we're doing, does he? Well, it's better to beg for forgiveness and ask for permission. Would you like to... Come inside. What's about? I want to be in the movie. Well, you can't. The story can't just change midway through. If Daddy catches us, there's no telling what he might do. My wife is not well. It happens after dark. Inside. What do you think is on it? I see one goddamn fucked up horror picture. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bella Lugosi is Undead. I'm AJ. I'm Suki Ryan. And today we are talking about a New Blood movie, 2022. New Blood. Uh, a 2022 <laughs> film going by the title of X, directed by Ty yes. West. Is an A24 picture, and it is, as we noted, one fucked up horror picture. I think our 90 second, like, recap is just, like, Boogie Nights meets, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That is really what the film is. It it is about, I mean, if you want to time me, we can go ahead and do it, but there's not a lot to go. Yeah. If you want to go for it, I'll time you. All right. All right. Ready and go. 
All right, in rural Texas, a police officer and his deputies come upon a house that is full of blood and gore. They're like, what's going on here? We flash back a few days to Maxine doing a line of cocaine. She is a stripper who is talked into filming a pornography with her manager, Wayne. Wayne takes Maxine, one of her, one of the other strippers, Bobby Lynn, one of the guys at the club, Jackson, to go film this movie on the behalf of RJ, who is the film student friend. RJ brings along his girlfriend, Lorraine. They all head out in this van to go shoot this movie. And when they get to this rural town, they find out that the person who they're renting the house from, Howard, who's played by Steven Ure, has no idea what they're about to do. Uh, his wife, Pearl, is very weird, very odd, and also seems to be very sexual. And over the course of the night, everybody gets mixed up. Pearl begins to come on to Maxine and is attracted to her in some way. And eventually everybody starts getting killed because Pearl is tired of being repressed. Yeah. Pearl wants to fuck, so she kills people. That's basically the movie. <laughs> right. I mean, I assume that's well under 90 seconds. I probably gave more background yeah, you, than you, I needed yeah, to. You, you, yeah, you gave, you gave that background helped you almost get there. You had only 15, you're 15 seconds away from 90 seconds. Yeah, so <laughs> that's really the plot of the film. I mean, there's yeah. characters who, uh, you know, bang it out. Dude, this, this, I put on my Twitter, this was like the most confusing movie for my amygdala and penis that has ever existed. Okay, like, well, maybe don't say that. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the thing the thing about X, at the end of the day, is that it is a film that is trafficking very heavily in the late 1970s softcore and hardcore pornography scene known as Porn Chic, where they tried to make pornography mainstream in a big way. There were a lot of films at this time between Deep Throat and Debbie Does Dallas that were breaking through and being seen as... The high, some of the highest grossing movies of the year. They were wow. yeah, they were being ostracized, but also because they were being pushed off to the side, they got their audience and started making yeah. tons and tons of money. There's a reason cool. why there's a point in time in America where pornography theaters existed, like, throughout the country. Uh, and there was a real appetite for it on some level sure. before the 90s, because that's really when they disappeared. Yeah. I think the amateur porn industry really is what killed it, right? Because it just became exactly. so cheap to make uh, amateur porn. Well, and exactly, and that's kind of where the Boogie Nights comparison comes in. Boogie Nights is about the, yeah. the change from professional pornography filmed with cameras to digital VHS tape that yeah. made it easier to make it and distribute it than ever before. And then obviously yeah. eventually you have the sex scandals in the 90s, including Pamela Anderson, that just led to its widespread acceptance of porn through other yeah. venues, specifically the internet. Pornhub. <laughs> yeah. But so what's uh, interesting is is Ty West is playing with the grindhouse visual style. The movie yeah. was not shot on a 16mm, but it looks like it was shot on a 16mm. Sure. And... So he's playing with the Texas Chainsaw aesthetic and then yeah. combining it with the porn chic movement and showing this was a time when people were trying to become famous because it was possible and yeah. puts this culture against an extremely conservative 
woman and family who is confused by the feelings that this creates and then boom we're off to the races and it becomes this bloody gory movie that takes a while to get to that point but once it gets there it does not let up no yeah that's my big thing is like is is tyrus trying to say something about sexuality and violence combining the two things and like comparing the two things or is it just like dude you know it'd be fucking sick like i don't know i don't know if there's like something deeper here or if he's just like dude you know be sick like some bud like butts and boobs and fucking guts like what is going on here is this something deeper than that or is that just what it was about well, so literally, I mean, this is a quote that he gave to IndieWire. Sure. I want to take the trope of sex and violence that's typically lowbrow and try to do something yeah. crafty with it. Mm-hmm. He had never made a slasher movie, so while sure. those movies are mostly people getting murdered, I want to do something that was unexpected and isn't just people getting killed. Did he, though? <laughs> so it sounds like you and I are slightly on different uh, ends of this. Sure. I, I do find this as a, a, a pretty successful film on those terms. Sure. In yeah. which it's people who are just trying to get their way out, and they yeah. are embracing the exploitative avenues that were available. And by yeah. e- embracing exploitation to its fullest yeah. degree, they actually have a real chance to become famous. And if you're stuck sure. in a life that you don't like, this is the yeah. way out. Sure. Frankly, the other way that you do it today is you end up on a reality TV show. Yeah. Or like, OnlyFans, right? Like. Or OnlyFans. <laughs> so. Do you remember, I, I don't know if this was the case where you grew up. Sure. There was always a section in the back of, like, the movie theater, or back of the like yeah. the movie rental places, that had the adult videos and yes. ho- extreme horror movies set off to the side. And so there is has always been this, like, tie between sex and violence, obviously, in horror films. Right. I mean, going back now decades so yeah. I do see there as being a lot of overlap between the two. Yeah, no, there always is overlap. It's just, it's just like to me, it was just interesting because like it's like he, it's like he, he knew exactly what he was doing, right? But like it's, it's just interesting because I'm like, it's just a slasher movie, like you know what I mean? Like I, I'm interested to see Pearl. I guess he tried to, he did give it more depth. Like it's not Friday the Thirteenth. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Exactly. These characters, these characters aren't like meat bags, like. You know, you do care about all of them. There's like a, a bit like there's no one in the that deserves to die. Do you know what I mean? I 100 percent agree with that, especially because I think that really across the board, the characters are just trying to find out who they are within the yeah. context of this world. Yeah. I mean, even like the character Lorraine, who gets mm. seduced into becoming an actress for lack mm-hmm. of a, for an adult performer, you know, she's feels suffocated by the relationship she's in. And right. so she wants to explore. Right. You know, the Britney Snow character, Bobby Lynn, and Mia Goth yeah. character, Maxine, they are literally just trying to not have to be strippers anymore. And to right. them, it's not that much further to do what they're up to. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, and I mean, I really like the, I mean, I even like the, I mean, if we want to talk about like the sex and violence, like the, the black like actor, he literally is Kid Cudi. <laughs> it's Kid Cudi? Yeah. Oh shit. I didn't Did know you not that. know that? <laughs> yeah. Know. It's, uh, Scott Miscuddy is Kid Cudi. Wow. He did. He did a great job. Like yes. he's a convincing actor, but he's like a Vietnam veteran. 
like not only a Vietnam veteran, but like proud of his service too. Like, mm-hmm. which is just so interesting. Like during that era, tries to connect with the, you know, the the other guy over their their service. You know, yeah, Howard and all of his old age makeup. Yeah. Well, so speaking of which, because I brought up the makeup, um, so do you know who played Pearl? No. It is also Mia Goth. Mm. So oh, wow. She is playing Maxine and Pearl at the same time. Dude, that's dope. Yes. Which makes uh, sense of the Pearl sequel, like, or the prequel. <laughs> yep, exactly. So uh, Mia Goth is taking on the double roles. Part of the reason the makeup looks so good is because they filmed this movie down in New Zealand in 2020. They were able to get it all sectioned off. New Zealand didn't have COVID, so they could just film the movie there after they went through protocols and Mm -hmm. get through everything. And so it's funny we keep bringing up Pearl because Pearl's coming up later this year. It's not often that you have a year where a horror movie releases and then the sequel releases in the same year. Yeah, but, dude, that's ballsy that they did all that. <laughs> well, I mean, but to be fair, the, they may actually help themselves pretty significantly because there's yeah. no movies coming out this year. <laughs> yeah, like, like, true. like, like, there's just like a total lack. And having established an IP earlier in the year that people liked, I mean, the movie made fourteen million dollars worldwide, which is way higher than its budget was. Here we come in for another version. It's pretty crazy that they are able to release it so fast, but they wrote Pearl while they were making X, well, or while they were in quarantine for X. So they, they, they did their quarantine time, and then boom, out they come, they make X, wow. and they're like, hey, so a few of you guys stay behind, Mia Goth, stay behind, and we'll yeah. go ahead and we'll make another movie. We're already down here anyway. <laughs> yeah. Are they going to use the same actors? For like she, she is she is in the new one. I don't believe. Well, she's in the new one, but I wonder the rest of them. I do not believe so. I'm double checking the IMDb as we speak, but I believe she is the only person. Yeah, she's the only person who crosses back over. Well, I'm glad because otherwise it'd be like American Horror Stories like kind of feel. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, I mean, I, I like that yeah. sometimes, but not often. Yeah, me too. I think it's already been done and driven into the ground. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I I saw this movie and like I. I found the open sexuality in the violence. Like, normally I don't like the two, but I think that it was, like you said, like, so exploitative. Like, it was so... It knew what it was and did what it did. Do you know what I mean? Where, like, it, it wasn't, like... I don't know, like, Friday the 13th or just, like, some, like... The, the remake or just, like, some hot blonde chick running around with their boobs out. Like, you know what I mean? Like it Exactly. Was, it was kind of, like, purposeful. Because they were making a pornography. You know what I mean? <laughs> Exactly, and the characters in question are not ashamed that this is their yeah. line of work. They know right. that they're sex workers and this is what they're doing, and they're trying to use this opportunity to give themselves yeah. a, a, a better future moving forward. Yeah. The only character that seems really thrown off by the openness and sexuality is RJ, mm-hmm. who is obviously upset that Lorraine chooses yeah. to film a scene herself. Yeah. And that obviously gets very complicated and very upsetting. Yeah. yeah. Especially when Jenna Ortega is the youngest person in the cast. There, yeah. it, it feels a little odd because you almost think that I mean, she is a college aged character. So it's yeah. not, but she also is that actress is still playing like Wednesday Adams. So, <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> and, and she's a high, and she's a high schooler in scream. It, it's, it's interesting to have all of those things going on, but 
Yeah, I think that what ultimately resonates with me is that it is so stylish and so yeah. indebted to the time and looks like a 60mm film that yeah. I just lo- love it as a total throwback. I think it yeah. works in ways that the other films that are like this, the one, the big one, is The Devil's Rejects, which I don't okay. really like. Okay. Which may be controversial. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, so I'm trying to think, like, so I, I do love House of a Thousand Corpses, which is probably Rob Zombie's, like, like in my view, only great, like, good movie. But the thing about Rob, and this is kind of off topic, but the, the thing about Rob Zombie is he's such a fan. Like, everything he makes is, like, is like a super homage. Yep, yeah, I mean, both House, House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects have heavy Texas Chainsaw <laughs> DNA. Yeah, and it's like it's like basic like House of a Thousand Corpses is like a homage to true crime. Like all of the people are like John Wayne Gacy and like you know like the Toy Box Killer and like all these all these people are are like basically homage to like true crime serial killers, which is cool because like they don't. There's not a lot of movies. I mean, there obviously are a lot of movies that do that. You know what I mean? Even none that are so blatant that are like just straight up homages. You know, so it's also true, 100. percent And yeah, I think that that I think that House of a Thousand Corpses works. I think I may mm-hmm. have to retry The Devil's Rejects in the future. It is okay, but I, I do think that that's the only other person who makes movies like this. And so yeah. for Ty West to have been away for as long as he did had been, which by the way, speaking of Ty West, he has a handful of really good horror films in his backlog. I mean, mm. he was on he was one of the directors on the original VHS, but oh, wow. he also did House of the Devil, which is awesome, and Innkeepers, mm. which is also a very good ghost story. So okay. he's hadn't worked in the genre in a long time, and yeah, now what, all of a sudden he's back. What was his uh, short in uh, in VHS? Uh, he directed in VHS Second Honeymoon. Okay. Which I'm trying I, to remember which one that was. I, I have not seen VHS, so oh, I cannot... you never seen that? Nope, never dude, seen you have it. to see it. We might cover that because it's it's like it's like one of the horror movies they show like people when they like are like, how do I start watching horror? Yep. <laughs> like, well, VHS, I mean, Happy and, Death Day. Well, I was gonna say, in, in all fairness, there is a new VHS 99 coming out this year, yeah. so there's definitely an incentive for me to sit down and watch all the VHS movies. Yeah, watch the original. Number two's okay. And then it just it just goes from there. Well, I, I think <laughs> this new one is is playing at multiple film festivals, so okay. there seems Maybe to be better. yeah, fingers crossed. But yeah. I, I think that it's just interesting that Ty West chooses to come back, and not only does he make this movie, but immediately follows it up with a second movie. So yeah, I, I'm interested to see what Pearl's going to be all about. I, I I mean, when I saw this movie, I found I, I like I said, I've, I found the like do the dual like sexuality and like violence to be interesting, and I just was like, I, I don't know what he's trying to do here. Is he just trying to like, like I don't know, like create like sexual tension with like violence? Like this is like my whole body felt weird watching it. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I think he's trying to make a movie about women who feel oppressed, who are yeah. unable to embrace who they are, and yeah. as a result, because they haven't been able to have the choices or abilities to come into their own because of cultural oppression, like because the, the culture literally will not let them because of a lot of toxic men, they... Yeah find themselves in situations where they're unhappy and unable to embrace their full potential because even yeah. the the Maxine character 
she is also still fighting off the fact that her family was extremely devout Christian and right. forced her into what was essentially a cult. And yeah. so what I find interesting is Ty West could basically spin this off forever with yep. all of the different characters that he's introducing in this one. And then yeah. now there's going to be Pearl. You could also do a whole movie probably about that church. Like cult, yeah. cult stuff. There's just a lot going on that's really interesting and out there. And yeah, yeah it, it's ultimately about – to me, it's ultimately about somebody who believes they should be famous and trying to – the monomania of, of making that happen no matter what. And yeah. tying that to today where everybody's searching for their 15 minutes of fame on social media. That's interesting. Like, That's an interesting like, contrast. There's, there's a lot about the movie that I think relates to today. And yeah. it's about a woman ultimately who is more sex positive and yeah. is instead of having her become the demon for it, which often the horror genre uses right. women who are sex positive as the villains and kills them. Yeah. This movie kills one of them, but the other one survives. The other yeah, one is not, two, right? and not just survives, but is the hero. Yeah, she's the heroine. Yeah, the, it's like an interesting like final girl too, right? Like mm-hmm. normally the final girl like barely makes it out and is like crying and like upset, and she's just like empowered. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. So... There, there's a lot about X that I think can still continue to be unpacked over the years i mean this is yeah. still we're talking a movie that's only six months old so yeah. uh what, what i like about x ultimately is the fact that you know it's arguably the best slasher we've had in the past decade oh and yeah, yeah and then on top of that like it, it is combining another genre entirely and just looks so much better and again another reason why it looks so good is because of the fact that no other movies were allowed to be filming that mm. in uh, in New Zealand where they shot this, they got the entire crew of Avatar to come in and <laughs> do all the makeup and do all the visual effects and do all the camera work. And so nobody's fucking working. <laughs> exactly. So it was better for them to work on X and Pearl yeah. than it was to not work at all. And so you yeah. suddenly have this horror movie franchise wow. that has like... superior talent working on it Wow. because nobody else can make anything. <laughs> Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, that's definitely true, because everyone in the movie industry was literally doing nothing. Literally nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they're just like, oh, by the way, you want to make one more more of these, uh, Mia Goth? And she's like, yeah, sure, might as well. And Mia Goth, by the way, Secret Scream Queen, was also in Suspiria just a couple years ago. Yeah, she's she's the other dancer... That's yeah. facing off against Dakota Johnson for all the high end sequ- for all the high end dance numbers. So yeah, Mia Goth definitely one of our secret scream queens alongside Jenna Ortega. It's awesome. It's like interesting seeing like new scream queens getting like created. I feel like it hasn't happened in like a long time. Like what is the last one really that came- that was around? Like yeah, maybe I mean it- Barrymore. No, no like, well, she's only in the one scene. Scream. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, you've got the. If, if you're going off of Scream, you have to mention Nev Campbell, right? You would also probably have to look at the. I know what you did last summer, team. Uh, um, yeah, I was gonna say Jennifer Love Hewitt or Sarah Michelle Gellar sure. kind of fall yeah. into the description, but there haven't been a lot of Scream queens of late. It's very no, true. not really. But it's kind of cool that like they're like creating new ones because. I mean, really, if you want to think of, like, all-time screen queens, like, 
It's Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, um, like who else from the eighties? Like that, that, that fits that depiction. Uh, Heather Langenkamp is in yeah. the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Right. I guess you could probably argue that somebody like Emma Roberts is trying to take that role now huh. and hasn't okay. done it all together successfully because American Horror Story is only, you know, so good. And then she tried to literally do the show Scream Queens. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, I, I never I, saw that show. I, I hadn't even thought about that. That's a great point, though. <laughs> Veronica yeah. Cartwright from back in like the 70s, I would say yeah. she is an alien and invasion of the body snatchers and in the birds. Sure. Okay. I'm trying to think of other 2000 scream queens. There's just not many. No. Like 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 that have had sustained roles in the movies. You know who somebody who you could argue is probably Alicia Cuth- Cuthbert, who is yeah. in House of Th- or sorry House of Wax, and and she's arguably one. She also almost makes that movie is so popular that it almost makes Paris Hilton one by accident. Yeah. yeah that is true. Um, you know, you know, as I was thinking of that, like might that doesn't qualify cause she does a lot of movies, but like, what's her name? Pew from Midsummer. Florence Pew. Yeah. She did, uh, she did Midsummer, and also she's in that new movie. What is it? The invitation or whatever. Uh, don't worry, darling is the next one. Yeah. Don't worry, darling, which looks like kind of a horrorish movie. Yeah. That, I don't know if you're as up on what's going on with that movie. Uh, that is going to be a crazy time. It it may be one that we enjoy, but it seems like it's very tumultuous at the moment. Okay. What's going on? (laughs) I'm trying to think of how to explain this succinctly without, because by the time, (laughs) By the time we release this episode, it's already going to be out of date because crazier (laughs) shit will have happened. Yeah. Basically, basically, (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, (laughs) We can just cut this and you just, like, tell me now and just cut it because now I want to (laughs) know. On the set of Don't Worry Darling, Olivia Wilde left her then-husband, Jason Sudeikis, for the star of the movie, Harry Styles. (gasps) And oh, there's, shit. So there appear, appears to be a lot of on-screen or off-screen drama between Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde, who's the director. There's a lot of really bad rumors circulating around. She, she then said we fired Shia LaBeouf, and Shia LaBeouf's like, no, you didn't, and then posted a video of her saying, we need Miss Flo to get over herself and let you work with us. Like, <laughs> Dude, Shia LaBeouf is, like, fucking insane. Like, why does he always do stuff like that? But to be fair, she said he got fired, and he didn't right. get fired, and said yeah. she she recorded a video asking him to come back, and that yeah. the star of the movie had to get over herself. Oh my god, dude, he, he just, like, there's a better way of dealing with that, is what I'm trying to say. Like, to be fair, she's the one who pushed him <laughs> under the bus. started it. Yeah, yeah, don't fuck with Shia LaBeouf, dude, like, yeah, it's a mess. It's oh a mess. It's a mess. God. It's a mess. That is that is a mess. That's so fucking fun. Like, I mean, it's not funny, but it's funny to me. Like, because I don't know these people. It like. is. It is extremely funny. Yeah. All right. I don't know. We're way off topic. It's okay, but I mean, that's the joy of a new blood episode. Is we we may yeah. go way off topic. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and jump into some of our awards, though, right. because X has plenty. Of cool things for us to talk about, especially yes. let's start with number one, best kill. What is the best kill in X? Ooh, dude, I would have to say that the best kill is the first kill. Like, 
that was so i love that like in the background like don't fear the reapers playing and like the lighting effect that the blood on the 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 car lights where it just slowly starts to turn red (laughs) it's hard to argue against that but i will offer up an alternative okay give me an alternative crocodile Okay, yeah. <laughs> like, 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 getting, getting, or I, I think it's technically an alligator. Only sure. because they, they, they tease it earlier in the movie, and you're like, oh, yeah. obviously she's gonna get eaten by this alligator, so she doesn't get eaten by yeah. it. But then, yeah. when Brittany Snow falls into the water, yeah. crunch a munch, she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And you know that's what's gonna happen as soon as she falls in. Right, yeah, yeah. No, I hear that. What? Which one do you do you think first kill or the? I uh, am gonna go with the first kill still because okay. like it's just such yeah. a good scene. It, it is a very very cool sequence. So I will I will relent on this one. The All right. I will say this movie has one kill that I wish was better. I mm. wish that the way that they ended up killing off Wayne was yeah. a little more satisfying. Yeah, like as opposed to just like the, the stabbing the in the hole. Chest, yeah. Like... Oh, no, no, oh, no, 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 you mean the, the, the director? Yeah, the director. Yeah, I mean, like, he's such a big character in such a big role, and then he just gets stabbed in the face, and, like, we don't really even get just stabbed and been dead. Yes. Like, and we don't even see the body or nothing, like, <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I just wanted a little bit more out of that, I think. Yeah. But again, it's ultimately not the end of the world, it's just not as no, cool as it could have been. Yeah, it could have been pretty dope. All right, uh, the Marion Crane Gone Too Soon Award. Which character is gone too soon? <laughs> RJ? Like, I yeah, I mean, he's the, first, he's the first one down. I think that we made yeah. a pretty compelling case just now, though, that it yeah. should have been Wayne maybe had more of an active role as opposed to dying as quickly as he does. That's true. I also yeah. think that Bobby Lynn doesn't really do anything wrong. So I don't know if no. she necessarily should have had to have died. I almost right. would have liked Bobby Lynn... And, and and Maxine Max like rolling off into the sunset. That would have been really awesome. That would have yeah. been a really awesome yeah. ending. Like yeah, so, with your whole like, explanation of the movie, like yes, uh, if both of the actresses had survived yeah. and all the other characters who were trying to exploit them were the ones who died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been interesting. All right, how about the Tom Savini best effect of the movie? I, I think it has to be the makeup effects. Yeah. Like, yeah. the, the makeup is so good. The fact that you couldn't tell that Max and Pearl are the same character. Yeah, that's that, that, incredible. That's gotta be it, right? I mean, there's some yeah. very, very cool gore blood effects, very good sequences like that. I mean, yeah. there's also an argument to be had. The other thing would be the way that they use the camera. They added special lenses to make it mm. look like a 16mm picture, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. yeah. So it's either the camera or the makeup. Sure, that makes sense to me. What would you think? Um, I think the makeup, honestly, because like I mean, the camera is cool. I like it. Um, but I think that the the makeup is really good. Even you know, like the gore effects and everything like that. But I think the I think the way that they make these young people look like old people. They, I mean, they do look almost like cartoonishly old like if that makes any sense a little bit i can see that yeah yeah but i don't know what do you think i I, I think it's still the makeup because i think it's a very difficult thing to do makeup effects regardless and for it to have been even believable at all i think says Mm -hmm. a lot to me right i agree all right uh how about the scared as shit moment 
scared as shit moment for this movie, there's kind of a few. Mm-hmm. I would put up, probably the first one would be the alligator chasing Max while she's in the water. Sure. Mm-hmm. I would put in Max hiding underneath the bed during the sex scene. Sex scene, yeah. Which was uh, a lot. Yeah. You could also <laughs> argue there's like 700 versions where Pearl's looking at people through windows that they don't realize it. Yeah. Those are all <laughs> creepy every single time. Yeah. What would you think? Is there something else that I'm missing? So, yeah, I think the one – I was actually talking to someone about this movie, and the one that, like, stuck with them that I think that we're missing here is not so much of, like, the kills or anything like that, but just Pearl crawling into bed with Maxine and, like, kissing Obviously. up on her. Yep, totally like forgot about that. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> that is so creepy. Like, <laughs> It's very upsetting. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> So I think just in honor of that person, like talking to me about that, I think I'm gonna go with that one. What do you think? No, that, that that's gotta be it. You're 100. <laughs> right. I, I don't know how. I'm a little annoyed that I didn't immediately yeah. jump to that one because you were correct as soon as you said it. It was like a shiver went down my spine. Yeah, you remembered completely. Like <laughs> remembered every single second of it as soon as you pointed it out. All right, go ahead. All right, uh, the Steve Hadley Biggest Regret Award. I think that that's got to go to to Wayne, who gets yeah. them all off on this Joyce adventure. But you could also argue that Pearl maybe it. overplays her hand, but not by underestimating oh. Max. Yeah, that's true. Or the shotgun. Yeah. Like, or the fact that she thought she could use the shotgun as a 90-year-old woman. Like. <laughs> yep. So, so. yeah, the, the, definitely, especially with the way that Pearl goes out, that's a, a little yeah. rough. How about this? She, she, I think she needs to move into the most overconfident award. Yeah. Well, first of all, one question. Is that Kid Cudi's actual penis? I mean, <laughs> if it is, good for him. Like, it's, yeah, it's definitely possible. <laughs> yeah. So, because my biggest thing is, like, that whole scene where he's just, like, is overconfident talking about his military career. Do you know what I mean? And then, like, he just goes back and is, like, gets just... The way they killed him was, like, disappointing. Just, like, shot him in the fucking chest. You know what I mean? It's like, true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you pick this one, though. You, maybe he goes down into the most overconfident character, then. Because he sure. definitely thinks he's got a handle on things. Yeah. And he dies pretty lame. Compared yeah. to how cool his character seems to be. Yeah. And, and then, then Andy thought he was giving the woman, like, the time of her life, and she was clearly acting, so that was pretty overconfident, too. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you got it. You definitely got it. So. <laughs> All right, so we'll move him into the most overconfident. Sorry, Kid Cuddy, sure. you got that award. Uh, but back yeah. to Biggest Regret. Yeah, I mean, you could also argue maybe this goes to Lorraine for mm. maybe she does regret making her boyfriend upset. Because it yeah. then triggers a whole slew of negative things. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. He tries to leave, and then she sees him down in the basement like that. Like, yep. She also gets stabbed in the hand pretty horrifically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like she, oh, she, dude, that shot was you know, brutal. She, she's got to be the, no, the, the winner. The butt of, yeah, biggest regret. Because, because she, she, she shouldn't have even like, been there. She's, like, no. joined along for fun, not realizing yeah. all the bad things that were going to happen. Yeah, she wins that one. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to get on to the Norman Bates moment of the movie. This has got to be something related to Pearl, whether it's the tea yeah. scene or it's her watching through the window while they're making the movie. When watching you... through the window, I yeah. think. Go ahead. Yeah, once you realize that she's going to murder these people, 
Yeah. It is pretty clear very fast that she is Norman Bates-esque. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I think, like, I, I think there's so many scenes. I think just her in general is just Norman Batesy. Like, well, you know and, what I mean? And, and to that point, remember when Kid Cudi finds the car? Yeah. Uh, that was in the water? That is a literal Norman Bates reference. Yeah, so, is. That's freaking dope. To, to, to show that this has happened before and all yeah. the other people have died. So this is not the first yeah. time that they've had to clean up this mess. Dude, there's, like, some psycho callback. I wonder if Ty West did it, like, oh, on purpose. I, I guarantee it was intentional. That's awesome. I, I guarantee it was intentional. That's awesome. Yeah, especially because he has horror history, too, you know? Mm-hmm. So. All right. And then uh, let's go ahead and hit Mandy Award. Is this their peak? I think that because it's a new blood, we can't really do a lot yeah. about this. Especially because the people who I would be looking at, Mia Goth and Ty West... Mm-hmm they're already making another movie together right now that could mm-hmm. make double or triple the amount of money that the first one did. Wow. So. Dude, do you think this next Pearl movie is going to be, like, I wonder if they're going to do something different, or is it just going to be, like, exploitation-esque? Uh, I mean, I think it's going to be slightly different, but I think it's still going to have exploitation elements in it. I think it's okay. going to be more of, like, a Star is Born approach, mm. where it's somebody trying to get very, very famous and mm. for some reason it doesn't work out for them. Mm. Interesting. So, but I, I will be able to tell you pretty shortly, we're also going to be releasing yeah. this episode the week it releases. So, <laughs> so we'll find out. We, we will find out. If, if AJ really <laughs> feels strongly, you may even get an addendum on the end of this episode to tell yeah. you, hey, guess what? Uh, go see Pearl right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pack your bags, losers. We're going to go see Pearl. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, and then last but not least, who won the movie? Uh, it's got to be Ty West or or Mia Goth. Those are the two, without a doubt. Yeah, again, it's yeah, it's, again, it's pretty tough to to say because they're making. I think like once Pearl comes out, we can say who's won the movie, right? Like, yes, I think that's definitely the case. However, just to okay. throw out my own special feelings towards this movie, I currently have Mia Goth as my number one contender and best actress. On my wow. personal ballot. So wow. I do not expect people to follow me on that, but I sure. think playing the dichotomy of Pearl and Max is so good, and they're so completely different that I think that she's... To me, it has raised her a level in terms of actresses I was already interested in. She's now cool. another level higher. Yeah, I'm like actually really interested to see like what the Chainsaw Awards this year does. There's some really interesting movies that came out this year. Well, and I'm all, first of all, I mean, we're going to get into this more as we go, because Ryan and I are going to have our own version of the Chainsaw yeah. Awards at the end of the year, sure. but 2022 yeah. has been a banner year for horror. I yeah, dude. It has just There's been so banger after banger after banger. <laughs> We've already yeah, no. talked about Glorious on this. We've yes. already talked about Scream. And then right. uh, here we are rolling on up to just a few more big hits coming out. We've got Barbarian and a Gut. You told me amazing things. Yeah, we've got some real scary stuff on the horizon. Halloween so, ends. Yeah, we have Halloween ends. We have a Hellraiser movie. We, yeah, there's there's a, <laughs> there's a lot to come. There's a lot to come. I gotta start. I started to start binging those. I've never seen any of them. <laughs> I feel like if you thought this movie was confusing, Ryan, Hellraiser <laughs> is gonna really throw you. I was like not like confused. I just was like, okay, cool slasher. Like, no, 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 no. I'm talking about if you're confused, like about sexuality and horror, <laughs> like get ready for Hellraiser. 
All right, my pants are off already. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Where can they find you, AJ? Alright, they can find me at the French on Twitter. You can find us at Bella Lugosi Pod on Twitter. You can hit us up at bellagosipod at gmail.com. You can also check out our website, sunshinestatecineplex.com. Uh, Ryan, where can they find you? They can find me at keepitspooky09 on Twitter. All right, great. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning into a new blood. We hope you enjoy X, and yeah. we're hoping this gets you ready for Pearl. So have yeah, a great week, absolutely. guys. Hit us up and tell us what you thought of the movie. All right, guys, keep it spooky. Peace out. Hey, y'all, welcome back. AJ decided to come back because he's already seen Pearl, and he wants to rave about this movie. A couple quick housekeeping items first. Number one. I cannot believe we didn't mention Jamie Lee Curtis when we were talking about Scream Queens. Huge oversight on my end, huge oversight on Ryan's end. Our bad. You were probably screaming at the podcast as that happened, so I don't blame you at all for doing so. I'm sorry. Won't happen again. (laughs) Number two. When we recorded this episode and we talked about Don't Worry Darling, Spitgate had not happened yet. The Venice Film Festival had not happened yet. The bad reviews had not come out yet. And Florence Pugh had not posed as Miss Flo on her Instagram yet. So yeah, it somehow got crazier. I still can't fully comprehend how it got crazier, but it did. And so, yeah, keep checking out Don't Worry Darling, because I'm guessing even after this episode drops, we're going to get a couple more stories. But back to the point at hand, we want to talk about Pearl. Pearl is, again another awesome horror film from Ty West and it stars Mia Goth. I had mentioned earlier in this episode that I think that Mia Goth is going to be one of the people that I am putting down on my ballot for best actress at the end of this year. I can all but guarantee that's going to be the case now. The question is, am I going to put her down for Pearl or for X? Because both performances are absolutely out of this world. Right now, my gut says a slight edge towards her actual emotional performance in Pearl. There is one scene in particular towards the end of the film that is among the best single scenes I've ever seen a performer give. And the fact that Mia Goth is doing this after already turning into a performance like X... I don't know. We're, we're in hollowed company right now. She is really, truly turning into one of the great actresses of her generation. And so when you have somebody operating at that level, the rest of the film just kind of has to follow their lead. And while X is more of an ensemble film, Pearl is far more in the character study realm. It's closer to something like Psycho, closer to something like The Wizard of Oz almost. It's about a girl wanting to get out and live her life in a much larger world and what that's going to mean and how she's going to work her way around that. And I think that Ty West and Mia Goth really do a great job of bringing those aspects of Pearl out, but the other thing that's really cool about the movie is the crazy number of homages to classic films from the 1930s and 40s. It feels like Gone with the Wind at times. It feels like The Wizard of Oz. And for it to have that vibe, but then also simultaneously absolutely kill its horror scenes when it chooses to push those sequences through. It is really a fun and another spectacular time at the movies. It is not as tension-driven as X was. It is far more, like I said, a character study, less horrific. But the things that happen are still 
really mind-bogglingly great from being goth. The other actors in the film are good. I would say most of them are serviceable. And I think that her mother is another good character to introduce to this universe. There's a lot of very interesting things about the movie in terms of how it's looking back a hundred years. And if you know what happened in 1918 around the world, then you're pretty much in store for some interesting commentary on our current times as well. So Pearl is another 100% hit. I think it's going to outgross the first movie X solely because of the goodwill it's already received. I don't know if the word of mouth is going to be as strong on this one because it is a different film and is trying to accomplish different things. Another big thing that got announced after we recorded this podcast is the third part, Maxine, with XXX in the middle. So we are going to get another film in this franchise coming probably in 2023. I'd be very surprised if it came out in 2022. And so the fact that this is now going to be a contained trilogy and can continue to move forward or back, we already talked about it on the episode. This franchise has the opportunity to really spin off and do a lot of interesting things. And it seems like Ty West and Mia Goth are very interested in that very aspect of their IP that they've now groomed and they've put a24 on the map as a location where you can build your own franchise something that even though it's an art house studio it hasn't really done up to this point so huge win for a24 huge win for ty west huge win for mia goth and again if the maxine is even remotely as good as these last two it'll be one of the best horror trilogies we've seen in a long time so again, you can go ahead and hit us up. Ryan is at KeepItSpooky09 on Twitter. I'm at the Allen French on Twitter. You can find all my writing at, at SunshineStateCineplex.com. I'm also writing Toronto uh, International Film Festival for DisappointmentMedia.com. You can also check out a lot of writing that's going to be coming out in late September. We've been approved to cover two film festivals in the next two months regarding horror. The first will be Fantastic Fest, which I'll be covering remotely. And the second will be the Brooklyn Horror Festival, which I will also be covering remotely. So definitely keep an eye out for a lot of writing in both cases. Late September for Fantastic Fest, late October for Brooklyn Film Festival. All right, guys, we're excited to keep our podcast going. Our numbers have been growing, and thank you so much for everybody who's been listening. Please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on both iTunes and Spotify if you have the opportunity. Every little download helps. Every little mention that we've received on Twitter has been amazing, so thank you guys so much. Have a great night, and have an awesome weekend. Bye.